Hello guys and welcome to another episode of Real Talk Podcast, where we talk about real things, real issues and with real people. I'm your host Grace and on today's episode I'm going to be talking about police brutality in Nigeria and the entire NSARS movement. Listen to me as I talk about the ongoing nationwide protest by the Nigerian youth for the complete dissolution of this rogue unit of the Nigerian police force, SARS, as well as a call for accountability of the government officials and people in power as regards this issue. And also the call for justice for promising innocent Nigerians, young and old, who have been killed, molested, butchered, extorted and dehumanized by these SARS men. Please do well to listen to the end of this episode and also check out the episode description for ways in which you can help aid this cause. Hi guys, how is everybody doing? I hope everyone is fine, everyone is good. Um, so I'm not really in a very hippie mood on today's podcast. I mean, nobody really is, to be honest. Um, things have been happening. A lot of things have happened from when we recorded the last episode. So the last episode you listened to before this, we had a lot of technical issues when recording that episode. That's why it took so long. It was recorded like um about two two to three weeks ago that's why it took so long to be uploaded if i didn't even want to upload it but i just had to so from when that episode was recorded till now a lot of things have happened a lot of things that don't quite sit right with me a lot of things have happened um in the country and that's basically what we're going to be discussing today um, and I just want to say before I begin officially that I am super, super proud is an understatement, to be very honest. I'm very, very deeply proud of what we have been able to do or what we are doing. And by we, I mean the youth of this country of Nigeria, what we've been doing, standing, fighting for our rights, for protection of our human rights, for protection of our property, and whatnot. And I'm talking about us standing to fight SARS, which is a special answer. In fact, let me just do a whole background story. For those of you who don't know, um, SARS is a unit of the Nigerian Police Force, and um, in full, it's special anti-robbery squad. So it was set up by the federal government, to you know look into robbery and other you know crimes as such that affect people and and kind of they were they're just like a robbery squad okay so if there's a robbery going on somewhere SARS is coming supposed to come and arrest people like arrest the criminals detain them take them to court sentence them stuff like that but for the longest time, I mean, for as long as I can remember, SARS has been a menace in this country. That they they no longer even perform the the function of an anti robbery squad. They just what they basically do is extort and 
dehumanize young Nigerians, young successful Nigerians, even the ones that are not even successful. Like it started from okay, if you're driving a car, like an expensive car of you of you're using an expensive mobile phone, or if you dressed in a certain way, you are going to be extorted and you are going to, you know, either be roughed up or detained illegally and stuff but now they just randomly pick anybody and everybody like you could just be walking on the streets and you are maybe you just came back from a job interview and you were rejected and you don't know where the next meal is coming from and because you're walking on the streets sas can just pick you up and say oh you can't pay 50k just to and the thing is they're they're not even picking you up because they saw any evidence they're not picking you up because they feel like okay if we go interrogate him at the station and stuff if they're taking you to their station, it's for torture and to extort money from your family members, from your friends, and from you as well. So that's just a little background story for people that you know. This is what we have been dealing with for the longest time. And a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, it became really bad. So bad that um, people, in fact, not a few weeks ago, in the past month, so bad that people had to start creating social media pages to warn others about the location of these SARS men. So you'd see a social media page, either on Twitter, on Instagram, or on Facebook, wherever, and they'll tell you, oh, SARS is a so-so junction, SARS is a so-so bus stop or location. Do well to avoid that route so you don't get, you know, caught by these guys and you end up spending a lot of money or wasting your time and stuff like that. It got so bad. That people had to start reporting these situations like people had to start warning their fellow citizens that oh sars which is supposed to be an anti-robbery squad which is supposed to protect life and property they are at this location so avoid that place do you know how crazy this thing has to be for people to start creating this is the thing that got me the most when this whole thing this whole movement was about to begin. This is the thing that got me out. Because, and I think this is the thing that made, made a lot of people very angry and gingered. Like, we woke up one day, and by we, I mean the Nigerian youth, and we were like, what the fuck is going on? What the actual hell is going on? Why are we setting up social media accounts to tell the location of these people that are supposed to protect us? Why is this thing now a norm? Why are we so comfortable with it? Why are we not doing anything? And yeah, that's how this whole NSAS movement started. Yeah, it basically started with a lot of noise, like a whole lot of noise on social media. To be very honest, nobody knew that it was going to go into get into something like this. Everybody just thought, okay, we are just NSAS. Everybody was just talking about it initially. And then I think the people that really brought this whole thing together, because when the noise started, then it progressed into, hmm, we should really hold it, host, hold protest like we should protest about this thing we should stop talking on social media and actually go out on the streets and let people know so the government doesn't think like we're just joking and jobless so it, it progressed into that and then i think a couple of celebrities now took it upon themselves to organize this protest it started in lagos and that was about a week ago the artists the celebrities were around town and files files a bad guy so um, in Lagos, they scheduled a protest for last week, Thursday. And that was the first protest to have been held nationwide. So that that's what op- opened everybody's eyes. Because 
according to I, I listened to something Files was on talking about this NSAS protest and how everything unfolded. According to what he said, he said he has been ready, he'd been ready. So when he saw the post from Runtown, he just immediately messaged him, Abby reached out to him, and then they started making things happen. And then all that when he confirmed the details and how everything was supposed to go, he also put out a statement and say that, okay, me too, I'll also be there. Let's come out and do this thing. And he said, the people were calling him, people were texting, oh, I will be there. Oh, we have to do this. And a lot of people showed a lot of support. So everybody was just waiting for that moment where we'll find that common ground, where we'll find that common goal that everybody will just speak. And this is what is happening now. And it's so beautiful. It is so amazing how everybody is speaking with a common voice, with a common goal. We don't have to wait for anybody to come and stand and say, okay, I'm the leader and this is what we want. Everybody, we all know what we want. And what we want is for this unit not to just be disbanded, but to be ended completely. We don't want to hear about it. And we want the people that are the rogues in this unit, basically all of them are, but we want them, these people that have been confirmed to have committed these atrocities, these people that have been confirmed to have killed people and infringed on human rights, to be used as scapegoats to the ones in the future, maybe in other units of the police force, that will maybe think that, oh, I can come and do anything like this and I will go scot-free. We want them to be persecuted. So those people, they will think twice before they will do any rubbish in the future. And also, we want justice for the lives of people, young Nigerians, even old Nigerians, that have been killed. We want justice for young Nigerians that have been killed, that have been murdered in cold blood, in broad daylight, that have been extorted, that have been butchered, that have been beaten, that have been raped, that have been kidnapped in broad daylight by these men. We want justice for them. We want these police officers or salesmen or whatever they call themselves. We want them to face justice. We want them to face a court of law and be arraigned and be sentenced or prosecuted duly. So this is basically the goal that everybody has. It's like an unspoken goal. Everybody knows what we all want and we are fighting together in that regard. Now, so far, so far, the protests have been going on quite okay. I mean, there has, there has been a lot of brutality and not from the end of the protesters from the end of the set the same the very same policemen the very same SARS units the very same police people that we are saying stop killing us the very same police people that we are saying don't extort us don't try to murder us don't infringe our human rights don't beat us don't kidnap us these are the same people that the government is sending to dehumanize innocent, peaceful Nigerian protesters. These are the same people that the government are sending to kill people. How many lives have been lost? So far, just one week, over 10 lives have been lost to this protest. They were not vandalizing anything. They were not vandalizing government property. They were not vandalizing the state property. They were not killing anybody. There were no weapons. There were no arms. We just carried placards and we were chanting and protesting with our voices and people got killed, people's children, 
people's mothers, people's fathers are crying because their children have been killed for no reason. Their children did not do anything wrong in the eyes of the law. And they were killed. And these same people that killed them, they're still out on the streets causing more harm and more havoc. They're still extorting people on the road. They're still having checkpoints. Like, anytime I hear people saying that, oh, and uh, be federal government has ended SARS now, Shebi, they have disbanded the units. I, I think to myself, like, it's like you, you have not gone outside recently. Because these people are still very much out there. They're still out there. There's still reports of people being stopped and searched for no valid reason. There's still reports of people going missing. Like, can you imagine that a human being will go missing for months and days only for them to come back with either a dead body at some mortuary or on, on some highway? Or they'll come back and then recount horrible, horrible stories of how they were dehumanized by these said policemen or salesmen. It is just so, so disheartening. It's so disheartening. I can go on and on for days about all the terrible things that these people have done there are records and it's not like there's no evidence so there are video evidences there are pictures there are video clips everything is out there but these people this government they just want to act like we are crazy they're acting like we don't know what we are saying or we're just being foolish anyway so so far the movement has been amazing i love i love how we have come together with one voice with one goal to speak against these people that are oppressing us the fight is against our oppressors nobody's looking at tribe nobody's looking at religion nobody's looking at oh you you're Igbo, you you're hausa nobody's looking at your yoruba nobody's looking at you're a christian you're a traditionalist nobody's looking at you're a muslim oh you don't go to church you're not born again everybody has one common voice and one common goal and what we are saying is that stop killing us stop extorting us stop dehumanizing us that is the goal oh my god you guys i swear i did not mean to start this podcast on such an angry note but i mean like i said in the last episode anytime i think of this police brutality thing or anytime i talk about this SARS issue i just get really angry i just get really really triggered because what we are asking for it is so bare minimum it is so bare minimum what i don't know what will it take for these people these politicians these government to get these rogues off, off the streets what will it take for them to get these people bring them to book to ensure that justice is served duly to ensure that the lives of the young people that have been lost doesn't go in vain to ensure that our voices are heard our demands are met what will it take it's like such a little thing to do that these people just don't want to do anyhow shall we move so i want to talk now about um, some certain people that have put a lot of structures in place to aid this movement that have put you know a lot of work into this nsas campaign um, if you follow me on any social media platform, you'd see that I've been going off about one certain FK Abudun, as well as the Feminist Coalition group and um, a couple of other people too that have done a lot of things during the course of this movement. Okay, let me just break it down from the beginning. So, as at when the process was going to start, that was last week thursday a certain chef in lagos whose name i cannot particularly remember right now she volunteered to cook 
food for protesters, okay, in Lagos. That was on Thursday, as I said. She volunteered to cook food for the protesters. So um, she just came up with an idea to gather some funds, about forty to 50,000, that would cater for this purpose. And then she joined forces with FK, FK Abudu, and they made, FK made a post on Twitter, tweeted that, okay, they need funds, so, so amount, um, 40 to 50K for food to be prepared by so, so person, and they should send donations to so, so amount. In less than an hour, these people were able to gather up to 1.2 million naira, and it was way above what they needed. It was way above what they had imagined they would even get. So what Fekemi did was like, oh, okay, since we have a lot of this money now, okay, there's food. There's enough money to cater for food. Why we, don't we add stuff like medical help? Why don't we add stuff like security for protesters? Why don't we add stuff like legal aid for, you know, some protesters that would, protesters that would be arrested? And so that's how this whole thing basically started. And then also the feminist coalition group also um, came up and took it up together with Fekemi and Ozzy Etomi and Kikimodi and some other women, powerful women. And they took this whole thing up and started a whole ass campaign. Like they said, a whole donation structure. They had a link, a website, they had Bitcoin, they had dollar accounts, they had from different, like they compiled a whole of assets now this moment they've gotten over 62 million naira worth of donations they also have bitcoin the one in bitcoin amounts to at least i think about 1 million naira worth of bitcoin so it's so crazy how these people came together and were able to put together these structures and were able to get people to make these donations to such a just cause and this is the unity i'm talking about this is the one-mindedness i'm talking about because they didn't take these people up to one full day for them to raise this 1.2 million it didn't take them up to even one hour for them to make the money it didn't take them one full day for them to put together all these structures if you see the level of organization in this thing like if you are listening to this, I'm sure you know the level of organization in this thing is so insane. And it didn't take them up to, it's just been one week. And they put all these structures in place. They have this much accountability. Every single penny of the money that has been donated is accounted for. And let me tell you, this is why this government, this is why they are scared. If you didn't know, they are scared to the marrow of their bones. They are so frightened because they don't know about this thing. They don't know how it's possible that people can come together and do all of these things in less than one week, something they've not been able to do for how many years. They don't understand it, and they're so frightened. They're scared of it, because they've never seen it in their life before. They don't know that this kind of thing is possible. And they're also scared that if we continue in this might, that a whole ass revolution is on the way. In fact, it has already started, because we are going to demand better. Like They know that if they just grant us this, that's why they're still stalling, that's why they're still holding back. They know if they just grant us this uh, request that Nigerians will not say, aha, so this is it. This is what we have been waiting for. This is what we are supposed to have been doing. Uh-huh. So this is the language you will understand. This is what you love. Okay, then. And Nigerians are going to push, and we are going to push forward. And they are so frightened. I say they are frightened to the core of their bones. There's nothing they have not tried to shut us down. There's nothing they have not done. They've tried to shut us off. They tried with the social media bill before. It didn't work. They've tried to shut us off 
with um coming to say okay we've disbanded them you both can arrest they thought that these people they take us for idiots i think we are stupid they actually think we are fools because they just came with one rubbish one rubbish announcement that came eh, that eh, the disbanded stars and um they're taking the people off the streets that you will no longer see no lo- no more stop and search blah 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 something we've been hearing for the past five years something we've been hearing repeatedly for the for the past five years they think we are stupid they came with that one that one didn't work they even attacked feminist coalition no? they sent cbm people to go and go and and, and freeze their accounts like for almost a whole 24 hours the feminist coalition website was down their accounts they could not access money because cbn said that eh, that whether they are they're using i don't even understand that that was the one i don't understand they're using illegal means to gather the money that there's no way that they would, they would have been able to gather that amount of money in such a short time in a legal way like oh oh jesus these people they are crazy i'm telling you there's nothing they've not done even going to carry them even outside hiring hoodlums street area boys with machetes and big big weapons big ass weapons which they as alausa in lagos they carried um, hoodlum street boys they carried them to go and attack protesters peaceful protesters innocent young nigerians that didn't do anything wrong they carried area boys to go and attack them because of what because they are scared they don't know what to do see now they're even using um media tv stations to sabotage and newspaper to sabotage this movement they're spreading false information the, one one of them went to <laughs> one of them went on an interview on a TV station the other day, and the interviewer, Abi, the broadcaster, was asking that how far this thing, how, what are people doing about this revolution that is coming up? The man had the guts, the effrontery to say ah, that that is quite a bit of, bit of an exaggeration to say that a, a revolution is happening. That oh, these children, they are just it's just one or two kids, little kids roaming the streets. One or two jobless kids here and there in some cities, and it's not any big deal. It's not anything to be worried about. That <laughs> a revolution is just a big, big exaggeration. That uh, there's one or two people here and there. It's not anything. And Omar, even the newscaster was like, "Don't you think you are trying to talk down on these people? Because we are seeing the videos of people in mass." Thousands and thousands of people, not in one place, in different cities, all at the same time. I are saying it's just pockets of people. Yeah. I'm telling you that these people, they don't know what else to do. They even brought divide and conquer. They wanted to try to put us up against each other. That one self-shot didn't work. Because after a few hours of fighting and bickering, we went on, we moved, we moved back. We, we adjusted our focus and we are back on track. They thought they were going to drag us down with their divide and conquer tactics. But it didn't work. It didn't work. And the thing that is scaring them the most, I think this is what is scaring them the most, that they want to pin their pants. The level of traction that we are getting. Oh my God. It is the one that is painting them to the core of their bones. Because that one, they can't do anything about it. Because the whole world now knows about it. And they can't do any bloody thing. We are on international television stations we are on cnn we are on bbc we are on al jazeera like everybody in the world is looking social media is going insane foreign celebrities and influential people all over the world they are talking about it they are making noise about it 
just which day jack the owner of twitter he tweeted about it he tweeted about the nsas movement all of them they are gathering together and they are speaking up for us and these people this government they don't know what to do because this is something that they can't control it's beyond their control now if it's local media yeah uh -huh, they can change the narrative and try to spread all these lies and false rumors but these international people they have zero control over them and it's driving them insane and me i personally love it so in case you are wondering at any point if what we are doing is even making any any difference if it's even working or if it's even relevant i'm here to tell you it is 100 percent these people they are helpless they don't know what to do again see now they're going to go and do meeting with asu that, so that maybe um, Asu will not call off strike and people will go back to school. Hey, this way they don't know. They don't know that what is holding a lot of people back from going out to protest is because they're in the house. Because if they're in school, there's no parental control there. So everybody will be on the streets. Everybody's going to be outside. So they're even digging their own grave. But we are waiting for them. Anyone they want to do, they should do. We are waiting for them. So this is just a trap. If you think any for a second that what we are doing is not relevant, I'm here to ginger you. It, it very much is. That's why we need to keep pushing. That's why we need to keep speaking up. We need to keep protesting. If you are donating, keep donating. If you are sending petitions, keep sending petitions. If you are sending emails to ICC, keep sending mails to them. Let everybody be tensioned. Let us ginger everybody. Because they have to end this thing. Because if they don't end this thing now, we are in big trouble. We are in serious trouble. If we give up now and these people know that, ah, these people, they just made noise and they're finished and they've gone, ha. It's finished though because it will skyrocket everything that you think that these people, all the atrocities they have commit, committed in the past, it will be times 100 after. So let's keep spreading the word and SARS and SWAT and police brutality, everything and everything, reform the police. And best believe, after we win this one, we are coming for every other sector of the economy, of the nation. We are coming for them. You see those senators that are earning 29 billionaires per month? We are coming for them. You see, Asu, we, we are sure also coming for them because their own master self have too much. So let's just focus on this one and do the thing. Do the damn thing. We've been doing it. And if we stop now, it won't be for us. So we have to keep doing it. We have to keep at it. Keep pushing. See, this is a mini ginger podcast. This podcast is to ginger you. Not like anybody, anybody to tell you that what you're doing doesn't count. And whatever you're doing, if you're retweeting, you know, if you're liking, you know, if you're promoting the hashtag, if you're going out there, if you're giving free food to protesters, whatever it is that you're doing, even if it's to sign petition, if it's to draft email that you're drafting to the president or to ICCO, to the IGP of police, anyone that you are doing, it is all valid and it's all very essential for the cause. So let's all keep doing it. So, <laughs> yeah, that is that about um, that. So on to less pressing issues. Another thing that is on my chest, another thing that has been disturbing me for a while now. Um, for my lovers of TMC, I don't even, you know, I don't even know if they, if they released a new episode because all the craziness that has been happening, I've not even been able to check. But I think to, yeah, they're supposed to have released a new episode by now. But from the last one I watched, hmm, fam. It's not easy. I'm so I feel so so bad for Amino Gaba. Like 
You see, this is why we actually need to end class. So, you see, you see the problem. Because we are praying, everybody's praying that I want to be like Aminu. But now, if you if you have money like Aminu, Sars will not stop you on the road and say, hey, because you are driving Bentley, then you should come and pay to me, then Naira. <laughs> but anyways, Sha, I feel really bad for Aminu. I mean, he doesn't deserve any of the things that he's getting. And I can't imagine how frustrated he must be. I can't imagine how frustrated he must be. Me, I knew that I wasn't even think there was something up with that secretary. But me, I, I actually thought she was working with Patrick at a point. I was gauging it. I was like, hmm, could it be? I did not ever imagine that it would be that stupid Mohammed. Oh. As uh, as usual, Larry is still being like, still being foolish. My favorite part of that episode was when um, Louis fi- found out that Larry and Mrs. Derigo were having something. The way he laughed, he and Tyre, oh my god, those guys are foolish. They're so, so foolish. The way he laughed so hard, that was my favorite part of that episode altogether. But anyways, so I'm looking forward to a new episode. I'll try and go and find it. And you guys, I don't even know how I feel about C and T breaking up. Because, I mean, from one side of the story, I, I understand why Tiara needs that space and that. Um, relationship to end but on the other side like this is a bit too much though i mean i don't know me i know that's how you're he's just a normal person because i know that he loves her but he doesn't know how to properly articulate it he doesn't he oh oh i don't even know what to feel about that but i hope isha doesn't go back to the hadiza because that one is just the end it will be the end of the story it'll be the end of the story and larry larry is still an embarrassment through and through so there's nothing much to say that I, I'm 100% sure at this point that there will be a season 4 of TMC. I mean, I love it. I actually love it. Um, what else have I been... Yes, Olotsure. Ah, first of all, Moabudu is a queen. Moabudu is a queen. The delivery of that story was phenomenal. The casting, down to every little character... Every little appearance, it was on point. Oh my God. Sharon Oja already, everybody knows, is such an amazing, amazing actress. She's so good. Oh my God, she embodied that character 100%. 100%. In fact, every, everybody did their part. Everybody was amazing. Down to Blossom, Chukwejeku. Down to Beverly. Down to... Every single person, Omar Omi said, all of them. Do you, I was so surprised to see Adebukla Ladipupo in that movie. I didn't, when I was seeing the casting and the trailer and everything, when I was hearing the whole buzz about the movie, I never saw her name anywhere. But it's when I watched, I discovered she was the younger sister to Omar Omi Dada. Oh my God. And the end is, when people were talking that that is the most realistic end, in, in a Nigerian movie ever. I thought it was it was just hype. But it is because it had everybody thinking like, oh my God. They just showed that they left. So anything could have happened. And that is literally how it is in real life. Anything can actually happen. From there, probably they won't even make it to Europe. Or they may make it to Europe and get there and escape. Or they may make it to Europe and get there and they'll become slaves because they can't escape because they're now under those people and they've sworn oath and everything was just so realistic and it was so beautiful to watch everything come together it was so beautiful to see so much talent so 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 much talent on that movie it was really really 
truly amazing. I love that story. So big ups to Moabudu, big ups to the entire cast and crew, big ups to everybody that, you know, made that happen. And now for this next movie, this one, I'm actually angry. Not angry because it wasn't a good movie. It was a, a fantastic movie. But I'm angry at the marketers of this movie. Because this was such a good movie. And it should have done so well. So, so well. It's Lara and the Beats. And it has Shay Shay on it. The name of the movie is Lara and the Beats. Shay Shay is the main character. And her name is Lara. And um, Vector the Viper is sort of the second. Okay, not, maybe not the second. Because there's some Kelly as her sister, but Vector the Viper is somewhere there as well, um, and it was such an amazing movie, such an amazing story, very realistic as well, with the girl being Lara, being a sports brat, and then they have the focused and intelligent other um, child, and then to their parents' death, and the fraud in their parents' company, and just every single thing about the movie was so realistic, down to even the music industry, and how because she was so, um, came from like an influential family, she had so many people around her trying to be around her, and then when all of that was gone, everybody just disappeared, and everybody turned their backs, it was such an amazing movie, it was so, so good, that's why I say I'm angry, because this movie would have done so well in the cinemas, and everywhere, but there was no proper marketing, I remember the first time I heard about this movie, it was, um, Shay Shay was on a show, on a cooking show, on Accelerate TV, and I watched that episode of that particular show, and she just mentioned it just slightly. She was like, "Oh, she's working on this new." That was a long time ago, by the way. She's she was like, "She's working on this new movie, and it's her first ever movie, um, and that the name is Lara and the Beat, and so people should just watch out for that." And so I was like, when I watched that episode, I was like, "Hmm, okay, she she on a movie. Okay, let's see." And then years later, I've not seen anything. Only for a few months ago, for me to see the movie. And I'm like, oh my god. And when I saw the movie, I didn't even know that was the movie. Until I was halfway into it, I was like, oh my god, this is the movie Shay was talking about in that show. Oh my god. And it's such a great movie. I cannot stop talking about how good it was. I mean, it was not amazing or like, like on the level of like maybe the wedding party or something like that. But it was a great movie for the, for a start. But anyways, Shah, that's a lesson to every other movie maker out there. It's not just by having all, it had all the stars, it had all the stars in there. So it's not just about having all the stars, if you don't like it to a movie properly, I'm sorry for you. So uh, that brings us to the end of this episode. Ah, you guys, I feel good um, about recording this episode, I feel good, I, I... I want to reiterate that um, this this movement we started, this fight, we have to win it all. Like there, it's just that's the only option. We can't afford to lose. We can't afford to back down. We can't afford to be intimidated. We can't afford to stop now. We have to keep pushing. We have to keep moving. We have to keep fighting, keep tweeting, keep marching, protesting, and every single thing. Every medium we have, we have to keep using it to win this fight. And I know, I know, I know that we will. I know that we win. And when we do win, ah, the after party go loud. Oh. But anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. If you have any contributions, um, as regards everything that I've said in this episode, you can send a voice message. I This is the feature about podcasting that I love so much. 
I would love to hear your voice messages. So please do endeavor to send them. And you can give this podcast a five-star rating, please. Five stars only on any platform that you listen on. Please give us a five-star rating and share this podcast as usual with your friends and everybody that you know. And subscribe as well. And what else? Follow us on Instagram at Real Talk with Grace and on Twitter at Real Talk W Grace. And you can also follow me on both Instagram and Twitter at the Grace Cosa. That's T H E G R A C E K O S A. One word. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.